Hi there, and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. Amen. Well, you can be seated, everybody. Great to have you here. And uh, so good. Connect launch weekend. Connect launch weekend. Friday night, uh, Jordan preached a message on the church. And, uh, and I'll just back up what he said. He said, I love our church. I love the church. So I love the church, but I love you. I love our church. And it was such a brilliant message. I just, I honestly think for me, it's, I know he's my son, but I thought he did it and covered so much with warmth and humor. And it was so insightful that I'm actually going to send it out to you this week. So when you get a, a, a message come through from me, it's actually going to be the link to Jordan's message for everybody who wasn't here, or if you were here, to hear it again. But I, at the end, was like, you know, every church just needs to hear that, and it was very, very powerful. So that'll come out this week in Jesus' name. Can I encourage everybody right now with what's happening uh, around Australia and also here in the island uh, state of Western Australia? <sighs> Can I just encourage everybody, don't be living in fear, everybody. Be living in faith. Don't be living in fear, live in faith. Do what you need to do and, uh, and be healthy. Do what you need to do, but don't be living in fear. I believe that God is with us and uh, just want to encourage you around the world. I've got friends in nations all over the world and, and uh, quite a number of them have had COVID, quite a number of them have had it twice. And, you know, on the whole, everybody's doing really, really well. And some of them had minor things, some are a bit sicker. But I just want to encourage you, do not be living in fear because what's coming from uh, a lot of voices, particularly mainstream media, Oh my gosh, it's just fear the whole time. And you would think people were falling down in the street. You really would. But you just need to know that even the Prime Minister said the other day that people were, in the numbers of people who have been uh, really hospitalized or dying, that they've actually got other major illnesses and they just tested them and found that they had COVID. But what they do in the news is they say, oh, they died of COVID. Well, he even said just 10 days ago or so, oh no, they died with COVID. Be very careful, everybody. There's fear out there. And I don't think it helps anybody to be walking in the fear. And also, we need to put our faith not in mainstream media. We need to put our faith in Jesus Christ. Put our faith in Jesus Christ. But at the same time, be wise. Whatever that wisdom is for you, seek the Lord, whether it's your health, whatever you're doing. Just, but be wise. I'm absolutely into that. No doubt about it. I'm not saying chuck out wisdom. I'm saying have wisdom, but don't have fear. And uh, I don't think it helps anybody a lot of the fear-mongering that's happening and going on. I think we need to just have faith. And uh, yeah, and um, just realize I've got so many friends all over the world. Yeah, I'm good. You know, who've been unwell, who had it. I'm good. I'm, you know, and, but that's over and over again. And by the way, I'm saying to people in Germany, in Sweden, my friends in Denmark, my friends in America, my friends across America, do you know many people who are losing their lives? And they're like, no. So you just need to know that is happening. But the way the media puts it, you would think, walk out the door, you will hit the deck on Winton Road. And we just need to shake that off and we need to get on with our lives and live with faith in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And uh, that's what I've got to say about that. Just, I feel better for having said it. There we go. All right, we're going to talk, everybody, on the revelation of connection because this is a fantastic weekend because we're just focusing again on the power of connection to uh, absolutely build your life and for you to be uh, actually blessed through connection. 
God wants you blessed. He wants His church blessed. And God has designed you. It's in you to connect. Have you noticed that? I'm watching it with my grandsons now. Um, I walk in the, I'll come in the door and they're there. And then suddenly they're like looking because I've walked in, you know. And you see their face light up and they're looking. They're wanting you to, to see them and also to acknowledge them. And I'm watching when they do something. I'm there clapping and cheering. And they're looking to see, is Papa or Nanny clapping me? Are they... What is that? That's design from God. They're designed for relationship. They're designed for connection as you are. And I'm watching how they love being cheered on. Guess what? We love being cheered on. And there's no greater place than to be in God's house for us to be cheered on. And may I encourage you, become a cheer squad in this house. Become a cheer squad for other people. And also to be a cheer squad for yourself. Tell yourself, hello, you're called by God. That makes you pretty special. And uh, so cheer yourself on, but let's be a cheer squad for one another this year and be an encourager, particularly in this season, because when you do, it actually, what you sow, you reap, and the blessing is going to come back on you. So I believe there's a revelation we need to get on the power of it, because connection actually impacts, I don't know if you know this, impacts your whole circulatory system, your body, everything's being impacted through connection, which I'm going to touch on. But first I'll start with Acts chapter 2 and verse 44, which talks about the early church. So you wonder, what did the early church do? People became Christians. Jesus has risen from the dead. Uh, the Jewish people are getting born again. The Romans are getting born again. People are getting born again from everywhere. And then this is what the church was doing. Acts 2 verse 44. It says, now all who believed were together. Let me say that again. Now all who believed were together. And had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple, which is the house of God in the church, Global Heart Church, breaking bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness, simplicity of heart, praising God, having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Wow, what good news, everybody. There's the church. And uh, there's where they were being built up. The Bible says they were, all the believers were together. They were hanging out. They were fellowshipping, which is what the Bible says. The Bible says in Hebrews 10, 25, fellowship, connect all the more as you see the day of the Lord approaching. The Bible says you need, especially in this era, you need God's house. You need God's people. You need God more than ever. And so the Bible says fellowship all the more. And says, don't get in the habit of not fellowshipping, as some are in the habit of doing. But no, understand there's great power when you're in connection in God's house. You know, can I encourage you to everybody, if you've been born again, you've been saved by Christ, then you fit His kingdom. You fit His house. And uh, I discovered after becoming a Christian, having been in the pubs and the clubs and wild parties and things, that I no longer fitted where I used to be in the world. I just didn't fit there. And when you become a Christian, God begins to speak to you and exposes to you truth on another level. Truth starts to come to your heart. You start to understand things and, and you start to get insights to things. If you're not born again, a lot of what church looks like is this religious thing to you. But when you're born again, you are empowered by the Holy Spirit. You're empowered to understand. God is speaking to you. He's empowering you to live the Christian life. I couldn't do this without power and the power of the Holy Ghost. And uh, I had somebody in church, you know, who was just a, 
just came to our church, wasn't a Christian, and said that Pastor Spencer and I, we were the kind of uh, church people who were like on steroids. <laughs> it was so funny. And I was like, well, the reality is, well, we're not on steroids, there's reality. <laughs> you already knew that. And, um, <laughs> and the next one is, well, the next one is, it's not anything we're coming up with, it's the power and the presence of God in a believer. And so I want to encourage everybody here because some of you are working real hard to fit in the world. You're working really hard to fit back where you left. Can I encourage you to stop trying to fit back in the past and say, Lord, help me to fit where you have taken me now. You don't fit in the past. You don't fit where you were. And fulfillment and joy is to be found doing the will of God, in the presence of God, and in the place God's called you. You know, I had a great experience years ago. I told the last service, we, in the uh, 90s, we had a pop star in the church in London where Sue and I get saved. We had actually different pop groups turn up to church. It was the most interesting thing. Um, there was a group called Snap who were number one. They would came to England to do their concert. We were in old school hall. They turned up to church. And I knew their song, you know, Rhythm as a Dancer and all these things in the 90s. And so they walked into church and sat down. And I said, I'm in the middle of my sermon and said, excuse me, are you Snap? <laughs> and... And they went, yes, we are pastor. And I went, oh, rhythm is a dancer. Anyway, <laughs> anyway they, half of them uh, rededicated their lives to the Lord at the end of the service. It was awesome. Anyway, we had a girl, a pop star, get saved. And anyway, she came out to Australia on this concert tour with other pop people. And I had three of our team from London here. And I was at the conference. And anyway, she said, fly him via Los Angeles because I've got passes to the coolest place in the whole of L.A., no, number one place in Los Angeles, it's unbelievable. I've got passes and I'm going to get you in for dinner and I'm going to get you in there for blah, 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 blah. It's going to be amazing. And you guys can go. And I'm like, oh, nice. So anyway, so we got to go there on the way home with three of the team from the London church. Anyway, I remember going to this place. Everybody you could tell who was there, they were so wanting to be it. So wanting to be accepted. You know, I enjoyed the dinner. It was very cool. But people were trying to get in outside like it was like crazy. And I sat there and thought, you know what? This has got nothing on God's house. I couldn't care less about this place. I couldn't care. I, I couldn't have cared less. It was nice. And, you know, but I was there and I just felt like I'm in the most stressed room of people trying to be something. When Jesus says, I am something. <laughs> and so I was like, hey, nice. It was great. And at the end, she's like, how was that? I said, yeah, it was nice. I said, yeah, it was good. How was it for you? She said, oh, it's unreal. I said, great. But do you know what's unreal? God's will. God's house, God's place. <laughs> you cannot be who you are and continue to be who you were. And so God wants you in connection so that you can move from who you were. Many of us were fearful, insecure, stressed, no hope, no vision, no purpose. God comes into your life and you get a shock because suddenly you're getting around people who once were like that as well and saying there's hope in the atmosphere, there's faith in the atmosphere. So God wants you to connect so that you can become who he's called you to be. If I didn't connect years ago and Sue, if we didn't say, okay, we're going to connect. Jordan, who you just saw up here who preached Friday night, he would not be doing that. We would have passed our mess, our problems, our brokenness straight to him. And uh, he would be just wandering around Perth right now, lost somewhere, you know. But because we got into connection, we began to get healed. And then our boys had an opportunity that Sue and I uh, at their age, you know, they've been brought up around the things of God, which is so, so valuable.
If you've been operating over here, you need to get into connection, get into relationships, start taking your place because God wants you to operate over here in joy, in peace, and in blessing. And by the way, what you do sets up what your children might do. Everybody thinks, oh no, it's just gonna drop out of heaven. The Lord's just gonna do it. He's waiting for you to do something. He's waiting for you. Everybody's waiting for Jesus to drop it out of heaven. No, he said, Jared and Sue, line up as in about 10 years. Position yourself, get connected, and I'll work in your kids. Get serving. And when the boys watch Sue and I serve and, and help in God's house and, you know, be blessed to be a part of the family at the church we went to, it got on them, and now they're in their destiny. People, kids don't get into it, parents, because you wish for it. They get into it because you lead it. So down the track, you can go, well, we did or we didn't do it. You can say, honey, we didn't do it. No, they didn't do it. They're looking to you to see what you do, and then they follow in. And then they overtake you, which is really, really awesome. <laughs> Set your kids up and your team up so they actually go past you, which is fantastic. So, yeah. You know, Romans 12, 3 says this already. It says, for by the grace of God given to me, I say to every one of you, not to think more highly of himself or herself, and of his importance and ability than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment. NIV says, think soberly, as God has apportioned to each a degree of faith and a purpose designed for sitting on the couch 24-7. Oh, sorry, sorry. And a purpose designed for service. God's designed you for a purpose, designed you for service, but the Bible says, be sober about it. So don't get carried away with yourself. Have a humility that, hang on a minute, which is what it's humility of, hang on, see your, the, the ability to see yourself, to see yourself and be sober about it. Uh, insecurity means that we talk less about ourselves and talk more about Him. I disappears and it becomes we. As a Christian, your I starts to fade. We don't hear about I, I, I. We start hearing about we, us, why? Because that's sober humility that all of us are important, but no one is more important than God and nothing's greater than His purpose, His house and His plan. So I want to encourage you, the Bible says, think, think, don't think too highly of ourselves, but realize God has called us in to play our part in His house. What an absolute privilege we have. Everybody, the kingdom is also there for accountability. When people learn this, some Christians learn it, some never do. The house of God is there to protect you. When you have a home group, there's a sense of accountability that your life is valuable. It's important to God. It's, you're called by God. And when you have leaders around you, you have a sense of accountability to them. That is actually a protector for you, your children, and your grandchildren. Sue and I went to our first home group as a married couple. And that the couple who led the home group, we were just being very accountable with our lives. We were broken people from broken backgrounds. And, uh, and that kept us safe and kept our children safe. So you want to have an accountable spirit, not an independent spirit. Um, a lot of people can be independent naturally. You just do things well by yourself. Do you know that's the opposite of the kingdom? So I can do, get on with doing things myself. But God's like, no, no, no. I need you to learn humility, which means that you play your part in the team. You come in to play your part in the family. Don't draw aside. And you, start, you meet heaps of Christians wandering around, oh, me and the Lord have got this thing going, and I'm just with the Lord, I'm just with the Lord. Listen, 
Lone Rangers become weird strangers. Christian Lone Rangers, they become very weird strangers. And here's what I discovered. After they've been a Lone Ranger doing their thing, suddenly they become theological experts and they want to tell the church how to do it all. Carry nothing, serve nothing, never sweat, never bleed, never get dirty, never get a bruise, trying to love and care for people. But let me tell you how you should all do it. Um, look, take a seat, people. <laughs> get out of independence and come and get into the body. Start loving, start giving, start serving, start, start humbling. <laughs> and then God will heal you. There's great healing power and connection. Great healing power. There's great miracles when we connect. Where two or three are gathered in His name, there He is in the midst. And God can do miracles when we gather together. And that's why I love to get around God's people because anything can happen. Just working out that we've prayed for 11 couples over the last two, couple of years, to have last two years probably to have children. And of the 11, 10 have had babies or are pregnant. <laughs> out of 11, 10 of the 11 have had babies or are pregnant. And uh, I want to encourage you, keep going. If you haven't got a breakthrough yet in your sickness, then keep lifting your faith to the level of God's Word. Don't bring it down to the level of your circumstances. And I'm one for being on order calls every week till I'm healed. I'm on order call every week till I get the job. I'm on the order call till I get a breakthrough. Be on the order call. Get prayer. Don't stop. That's why the church is powerful, because we come together and pray together. God is at work. In Jesus' name. You know, the world is really unhealthy spiritually and emotionally. If you want to go out into the world, good luck with that. Those people are crazy. <laughs> Never before have we seen the world so dysfunctional than in this generation. <laughs> Spencer was telling me how when, like years ago, 50s and 60s, uh, that when people would go to recovery centers, because we run, run one, that they would go out into the world and there would be family, there would be community, there would be structure, there was moral structures, all this, and people could recover out in the world from their addictions and life controlling issues. Well, now they come out into the world and the world is all addicted and broken and crazy. And they come out and it's like, what do I do now? These people are, <laughs> these people are as crazy as the people I've been trying to get healed with. So we need to realize where did that come from? How's that happen? And what do we need to do? Because in the 60s, everybody, they had this thing called the sexual revolution. And by the way, some Christians think you shouldn't talk about sex. Excuse me, God created it. Excuse me, God created sex, oh, His idea. And whenever you see in God's Word, when God says, hey, do this, do this, do this, don't do this, God's not saying, hey, don't want you to have a good time. God's saying, I'm trying to protect you. Protect your heart, protect your mind, protect your body, protect your spirit, protect your emotion, and keep, and give you, and keep you having the ability to connect intimately. The world now is like an old Velcro, you know, Velcro? You know, it starts out sticking Velcro. Who knows all the Velcro? Those, we, we did one decade, it was Velcro decade. Everything was stick, you know. Well, now we, the world's like old Velcro. Nobody can stick anymore because we just use people. Just person to person, use you, use you, use you. No, we don't treat people like they're made in God's image. They're created in His image. They're a unique woman or man with a unique call and destiny in God. So now the world can't stick. So they're all like, what's wrong? I can't stick, I can't stick. So in the 60s, they all, we had this, you know, what they call the sexual revolution, everybody's free. Yeah, free, right? No, you're, everybody's in bondage now. So what happened was abortion took off because we had to have abortion clinics everywhere to deal with now the fact that there were so many children being created through people just doing what they wanted to do. So that went off and became an industry which is just, uh, you know, has nothing to do with 
Planned Parenthood. There's no Planned Parenthood happening at Planned Parenthood. It is an abortion clinic terminating, uh, terminating children. And the worst part of that is they're terminating your destiny. Never forget every person has a destiny. So, yeah, so anyway, so what happened was then we had marriage was undermined. The family was undermined because everybody moved from what used to be. Here's what life used to be. It used to be all about your identity came from your community. Your identity came from your family. Your identity came from uh, the common welfare of everybody in your family and community that you were a part of. And so you were like, wow, I've been a part of this. Your identity came from your character. Well, now what happened is the world like, okay, because we've done all this stuff and, uh, you know, we've moved away from that. We pushed that. We called it all being individual. They made sex God. So God became, uh, the God of this generation became sex. Then everybody's forming their identity around the God of the age. What's that? Sex. So everybody's identity is formed by sex. This is what you live in, people. This is your home. Congratulations. <laughs> and so the culture, as we became individualistic, dived more and more into immaturity. So everybody's moved into immaturity. So now you've got a whole culture where you can't say anything to everybody because everybody's offended. Now, when I'm, I'm 59, right? When I was a child, you know, that might have been okay. I'd be upset because you called me a name. But as I got older, I had the ability through family and community and character that if you called me a name, I'm like, fine, that's your opinion. Well, now we can't have that. I have to control your opinion. I have to yell at you. I have to put you down. I have to destroy you. I have to cancel you. <laughs> Which is not cancel culture. It's control culture. So the culture is now... You got 40 and 50 year olds who really are emotionally three. That's what's happening. Congratulations, that's where you live. <laughs> so, so all of this freedom and individuality paved the way for the West, the Western world to be the most medicated uh, prescription medications for depression and everything else in history because we knew better and we don't. And everybody's not well. And then I have Justin, who is born just after the Rwandan genocide over the border. His mother escaped. And then he comes to Australia. And, uh, you know, growing up in poverty in Rwanda, growing up with most of his family killed in the genocide, he comes to Australia and says to me, Dad, what's this sadness that people have? What's this independence they have? What's this depression? What's this? Why are people taking this? This is a Rwandan child moves into our house at 19. And I said, well, you must know people in Rwanda with that. And he goes, No. I said, you must know people who've got this. He goes, I don't. He goes, then maybe they're there. I don't know anybody. He goes, because he said, what we do is all of us who survived and our families and friends who survived, we do everything together. We share. If you need money, we share that. If you have a problem, we share that. If you do that, and I went, oh my gosh, family. Oh my gosh, community. So I had a Rwandan child, sorry for all of you. What a world, right? He came and feels sorry for all of us. And he goes, how sad, Dad. Everybody needs to get into community, right? And I went, Justin, you're right. Out of the words of the baby who survived the genocide was the wisdom that backs up God's word. You're good. You're good. Getting you up to speed this morning. <laughs> so, so don't live in that. Live as Jesus said. Now, when you connect... Science teaches us you're going to have fewer health problems, you're going to live longer, everything begins to change. And even in fact, when you have good connections, family, and also your hello, the house of God, your cognitive decline gets absolutely lessened by being in connection. Galatians 6.2 says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. 
What does that mean? It means help one another. Help one another. If somebody needs physical help, help them physically. If they need spiritual help, help them spiritually. If they need food, let's, in the body of Christ, help one another. Let's love one another. People are in need. Let's look out for one another at Global Heart Church because as we do, amazing things are going to happen. Somebody who's got a big challenge in our church right now sent me this during the week. This is their message. They've got a challenge right now in our church. They said, everyone has been so supportive. I'm feeling incredibly loved and filled up. We have an amazing church, and it's only by being planted for so many years that the value of this is so rich right now. Everybody, Psalm 92 says, be planted in the house of the Lord that you might flourish, and in your old age still be flourishing. Be planted. Proverbs 13.2 says, walk with the wise, and you'll become wiser still. Come on, walk with the wise. Everybody, think about who you're walking with in life. There's some people we're meant to like, hey, I, I love you, but I'm not meant to necessarily, or, you know, I'm respect or have a, a kindness to you, respect for you. doesn't mean I'm actually meant to be walking with everybody because the Bible says, associate with the foolish and you'll get in trouble. That one says, you'll suffer harm. But New Living Translation says, you'll actually get in trouble. Everybody, keep out of trouble in Jesus' name. Right connection overcomes addiction. We learned this years ago that everybody who's dealing with addiction, which a lot of us, there's some kind of addictive thing operating because of the culture we're living in. The Bible actually teaches, and also they're now understanding at Recovery Center is that connection overcomes addiction. It's not stop drinking, stop taking drugs, stop eating cookies. It's, <laughs> it's connection is gonna fill the gap. We're all designed for connection, connection, connection in Jesus' name. Galatians 6.10 also says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, but especially to those who have the household of faith. Start first with your own family. Start first with your church family. Then let's go to the community. But let's do good to one another. Everybody, as you join a Connect this year, can I tell you it's for your emotional, mental, but most importantly, spiritual health and physical health. But when you do, can I encourage you, go graciously, serve graciously, Share graciously. <laughs> and when I say share graciously, when you're involved with people in God's house, don't try and get, I gotta get my theology out. I gotta get my teaching out. I gotta get this out. No, what we need to do is humble ourselves and realize, hang on, I'm here to just be gracious. I'm here to love and to care. When we started church here, it was so funny. Uh, years ago, over 20 years ago, I had people from Bible colleges and people from, I'm here with a teaching degree. I'm here with this prophetic ministry. I'm here with this. And I said, look, you know, all of that's great. Welcome, we're so glad to have you. But you know what we need right now? And they're like, what do you need, Pastor? And I said, well, actually, I need somebody to get a jug and we actually need to make tea. People want a cup of tea and coffee. Could we do that? They looked at me as though I was mad. <laughs> and I was like, look, <laughs> we're gonna get to teaching. We're gonna get to prophetic. We're gonna get to this. But what we need right now is someone who'll make it, put the jug on. Be a Christian who puts the jug on. People don't, know what you, people don't care what you know until they know how much you care. People don't care what you know. Daniel's toes, end of the world, who the mark of the beast, who the antichrist is. <laughs> you got a lot to choose from this generation. <laughs> but people don't care what you know until they know how much you care. Last couple of thoughts. Jordy's gonna come and join me. <laughs> Actually, as we come to the last thoughts, come on up. Friday night, Jordy told us just from some young guys who gathered, came into church in his connect group, and it was just really nice what's happened in some of their lives. So tell us the story. Yeah, cool. So um, we'll put a picture up. This was our connect group in 2017, and this was made up of guys volunteering in the youth ministry. 
And uh, just from the people in this photo, uh, so we're missing a few guys like Matty Kipps isn't there and Butsy, but just in that photo, in the five years we were doing life together, um, there's now five babies, seven weddings, three degrees and three businesses and two people planning a church in just that photo, um, which is very cool. And so it's... um. It's absolutely not about, it's not that the, the Connect group made all that happen. That's not the case at all. But what it did was it facilitated relationships. Uh, it helped us grow forward in our relationship with God, the prayer, the encouragement, the coming alongside one another, and also the, um, the consistency and staying in that group and staying around that group of guys for years and years meant that we were able to do those seasons together. If, if we'd have dipped out, everybody in that photo is still in church. If we'd have dipped out, we would miss out on the seasons we're in now with one another. I got to marry Jono and Hannah. Um, we're now getting to all raise our babies around the same time um, because of just a, a small pocket of time that we've committed together and being in church and being in Connect. And that's just a little expression of what can happen across the church um, through Connect groups. So good, so good. Emma Sapala, who wrote the book, The Happiness Track in 2016, she said, people who are more connected to others have higher, sorry, have lower levels of anxiety and depression. Further studies have gone on to show they have higher self-esteem, greater empathy for others, and become more trusting cooperative as a consequence. Renee Brown from the University of Houston, uh, she said, we are biologically, cognitively, physically, and spiritually wired to love, to be loved, to belong. When those needs are not met, we don't function as we are meant to. We may think we want money, power, fame, a new boat. Yes, I want that. Beauty, eternal youth, or a new car. But the root of most of these desires is a need to belong, to be accepted, to connect with others, and to be loved. These things also, one of the key things it develops is resilience. Boy, in this, year, in this decade, wow, people don't have resilience but in connection through God's house, God's going to give you resilience to stand and stay. I'm just thinking about Pastor Donna and John Kipps and Dave and Cindy Harding and others in our church who've been here with us for over 20 years. Now, there's so many great things you can say about them, but I'll tell you one thing, they're resilient and they're faith-filled and they're committed. Well, that has come through connection and God bless you guys. So that song, Connection, there's more I could say, but I haven't got time. Last thoughts here, why giving is good. So giving. So through your connection, you can go and serve and go and help. Some of you think, oh, I don't want to do any of that. I don't need that. Listen, when you do, look at this. Giving financially, building your church, giving to people lowers blood pressure, increases your self-esteem, less depression, which means less medication. Amen. And by the way, if you're on medication, you are not a failure. You are not bad. That is, that's the world I've grown up in. I'm just saying to you, there is a way to exit that world. Okay, but you are not bad. You're loved by God and totally and absolutely valuable in every way and incredible. So lower stress levels, longer life, greater happiness and satisfaction. Now look at this last one. This is for everybody over 55. Where's all the beautiful people over 55? <laughs> Come on, own up, own up. <laughs> okay, I found this study. Listen. Giving can help you live longer. Listen, according to one study, people 55 and older who served at their church, served, carried, did it with a beautiful heart and beautiful spirit, were 44% less likely to die over a five-year period than those who didn't serve. <laughs> so for everybody who doesn't want to be on a roster... 
See ya. No, no. <laughs> Isn't that incredible? Over five years, 44% because like, no, just doing my thing. And then they left early. Hey, I'm hanging around. I need to get on another roster. I'm getting on ushers right now. Come on, I'm getting on ushers right now. How's that? It affects your longevity. Don't you think that God knows what's going on? Because science continues to back up the Word of God. Come on. And basically, to when you connect and when you give, they have done studies and your whole brain lights up and you start getting serotonin and all the happiness stuff starts kicking in. Can I encourage you already? Get into a connect. Get in there graciously love, graciously serve. Ask what can you do to help. And as you do, hang around with me. We're going to get to 95 and it's going to be awesome. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.